Hi, welcome to the Exhorter Podcast, a place to stir up love and good works through bite-sized biblical discussion. Kyle, you, uh, you're going to lead us off this week, right? Bite-sized. Did you get that from uh, Babel? Babel? No. They talk about that. They talk, yeah, bite-sized. Learn a new language with bite-sized ah, uh, lessons. Nice. I like it. Bite-sized. Okay. The idea is that we keep this brief. <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll do our best. Okay. Well, Thank now you that for you... joining us today. And yeah. We'll sign off. Yeah. Yeah, and we're done. Well, now that you say that, I feel like I was just getting relaxed and ready to start going. But now you're all in my head. You're all good. We're going to talk about excuses today. I think we're all guilty of making excuses for something that we, we should have done, uh, making excuses for why we failed to accomplish something. Uh, we, we've all probably got some memorable examples in our own lives of uh, where we made an excuse and we knew it was pretty lame. Really what we're doing is we're just trying to cover for ourselves when we fail to do something or fail to accomplish a goal on time. The Bible is full of excuses, but the example I want to focus on today is just examine Exodus chapter 3 and 4 and see Moses at the burning bush. We see a series of excuses And I think what we see in Moses are the same kinds of excuses we see us making today. So at the age of 40, he goes off into the wilderness and finds his home. And he stays in Midian for the next 40 years, um, getting married, having children, and herding sheep. And so at the age of 80, now God says, it's your turn, Moses. I'm calling you into action. And he appears to Moses at the burning bush. Now, this, of course, gets Moses' attention, and when he appears there, God makes it very clear. I've heard the outcry of my children. I've heard the outcry of of Israel, and I'm going to rescue them. And Moses, you're going to be the one who goes on my behalf and speaks to Pharaoh. So first thing, in verse 11 of Exodus chapter 3, we notice that Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And that's something of a fair question, but it's still an excuse. He's saying, who am I? What makes me special? Have you guys ever encountered in your own lives or in the lives of other Christians similar kinds of excuses? What do you think lies at the heart of this excuse? So I know for me, Kyle, what I think of, I can't judge others, but for myself, when I take my eyes off God and I focus on my own limitations and my own weaknesses, sometimes it's not until later that I realize it was actually, I'm showing a lack of faith in God. But what I think at the time is myself. I think I'm not capable, uh, and there's reasons that I think I will fail. But later when I consider it, it's really a lack of faith in God. Right. And that's what we see in God's response to Moses. I will certainly be with you. The main point in how God responds to Moses is saying, you're right, Moses. Who are you? Well, what makes you special is me. I will be with you. I will give you that strength. And so this is a very relatable uh, excuse, but an excuse nonetheless. So when I think about that, Kyle, I think we're talking here about an example of Moses, but I think about it in our roles in life. You know, what what are some other times that these excuses come into play? Um, As a man, it it may be uh, as a husband, when there's things that we really should be doing, but we shrink back, we make excuses, and at the end of the day, we may be looking at ourselves, but God's given us a mission. We may lose faith in God's plan, but there's other places in life that it's easy to make excuses. 
Well, and sometimes even in the realm of evangelism, people ask the same kind of question. Who, who am I? How am I qualified to go and teach others? And so it comes from a place of humility, but it becomes an obstacle to overcome because we are called to be evangelistic. One of the things I love about the Bible is Moses is a very important person in the Bible, and yet it gives us this example to look at him as a real person. But what's interesting is it's not just him. There's other examples in the Old Testament that are very similar. We don't always look at them, but another one I was just thinking of was, was Jeremiah, you know, another person that God spoke to. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Sometimes we use that verse to talk about the fact that, you know, God sees babies in the womb before they're born. But what I forget is after that verse, the response of Jeremiah is, oh, Lord, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. Right after God said that, he made an excuse. And so we see men of God who later did great things making excuses. So it's, it's not an unusual thing. And what I love about the Bible is it is so real and transparent that these men are displayed in their humanness. And we're going to talk later, Kyle, about, you know, clearly they overcame it and did some amazing things. So we'll talk about how to do that. But it's not unusual, even in the Bible, but clearly God spoke out against it as he did to Moses and as he did to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is a great example because it, it, it illustrates the humanness of us all, that Making excuses doesn't always come from a, a malicious place in our hearts. Sometimes it can come from a place of honesty. Jeremiah legitimately wondered, how am I qualified? I'm a youth. Who am I to do this? And so they can come from a place of honesty, but it still becomes an excuse that we have to overcome. So I, I think my thoughts here go to when you're young and you're in, um, in a church and you're being asked to do uh, a devotional or a prayer or, or something, and um, you start getting nervous, and you start kind of putting it off or coming up with excuses why why you can't do it. And I think that sometimes that is nerves. Sometimes that's fear, failure. Um, sometimes that's just uh, sometimes that's just not wanting to do a disservice. You know, not wanting to uh, misspeak. And you think you're right, even though that's an excuse, and it may be an honorable excuse. You're not wanting to take uh, God's word and um, misspeak it or do it a disservice. I think we get too in our heads and think it has to be perfect, and it's not really about us. And a lot of times we try to make it a little bit more about us. And it's about glorifying God, and it's about um, providing this opportunity for others to worship. To, to John's point, I recall... When I was younger, some of the first times I had the opportunity or the privilege to get up and teach or preach, one of my greatest fears was someone's going to ask me a question and I don't know. And that could be an excuse to say, I really don't want to do this. I'm I'm kind of like Jeremiah. I'm too young. Uh, until someone reminded me, as long as you've got the Bible in front of you, and if you don't know the answer, confidently say, I know where it is. We're going to come back. We'll look at the Bible together and we'll find it but it was an excuse to really say anything different. Well, we've been talking about excuses we make in relation to our service, but I also think we make them in relation to our relationships with people, or specifically brethren or visitors. We come up with many excuses for not getting out of our comfort zone and meeting someone new and building those rich and healthy relationships with brethren. Um, I'm not an outgoing person, or there are others that will do that work. But... 
we really lose out on some amazing relationships that way. And yeah, I think fear of failure, fear of not knowing what to say, maybe a fear of people not accepting us for who we are, and that could all be at the heart of it. And I think people need to understand it's okay to to have shortcomings, or it's okay to not say things absolutely perfectly, because you see how God responded to Moses. He didn't go and massage Moses's ego and say, no, Moses, you are the only one that can do this for me. You are uniquely qualified, and you are the perfect candidate. The reality is God could have God could have chosen anyone. What made Moses special wasn't some special ingredient inherent to Moses. God's answer is, I've sent you. I will be with you. That's what will make you qualified, is that I'm with you to do this. And you will have my blessings in this endeavor. So it's. I think people need to understand that, and maybe that's a good takeaway from the story, and seeing how God responds to Moses. One thing I just wanted to add to that is, in, in thinking about excuses that we make sometimes, I'm reminded of a lady who talked to a really old preacher who'd been preaching for many years, and he could get up and actually quote whole sections of the Bible without opening it, and she was just amazed. And he would mention parts of the Bible and just quote it, and she came up and she said, I would, I would give half my life if I could just have the Bible knowledge that you have. And he looked at her and said, well, that's funny because it took my whole life to get here. And I think we also need to realize that although God is with us, um, it takes time to get to a certain point. Sometimes that's an excuse that we make as well, is we're not patient enough with the Lord with us to develop some of the skills that he would have us to have. In verse 13 of Exodus chapter 3, he says, well, what about the children of Israel if they... uh... They say to me, the God of your father, if I tell them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to him? That's another good question. So this, this can be an excuse that, again, comes from an honest motivation, but his question is, who are you? And notice God's answer, I am who I am. Do you see people making this kind of excuse today? Are people going to believe in the God that I talk about? This also becomes a roadblock to evangelism. What if they don't believe in the God I talk about? What if they aren't ready or willing to believe in the God I talk about? How do you overcome this kind of excuse? Kyle, I can think of two, two quick things to answer your question. One is described sometime as, as sharpening the saw. You know, you, you hear information, you study the Bible, so you're more confident, so that helps you with those kind of situations. But the other one that I would say is sometimes it takes someone in your life, another Christian who nudges you. And if I think about most things as a Christian where I did something that I initially thought I would never do, there was another Christian who was a leader, somebody I respected, who pushed me or nudged me to say, you can do this. It didn't mean it was less scary the first time I did it, but they nudged me, and sometimes they even helped me along the way. And I think it adds to the importance of God's plan for the church, that we're in this together, and when we come up with excuses, we really need to be, we're better together, and we should be relying on each other to, to push each other in a good way to do things that we may have thought we never could do alone. Absolutely. And we see in Moses' next excuse at, at the beginning of chapter 4 in Exodus, he says, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to me. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. God's answer to Moses was, show them some evidence. 
We don't do miracles today, but we have evidence in the scriptures, and we need to be able to handle it properly. And these final two excuses, in verse 10, he says, I'm not an eloquent speaker. Well, what's his answer to Moses about not being an eloquent speaker? You've got Aaron. Aaron's a perfectly good speaker. And I, I tell you what, all you have to do is, if you're good at inviting people, you're an evangelist. There are so many stories in the Bible where all it takes is an invitation. And if that's all you can do, it's okay if you're not an eloquent speaker. You can still try and learn and develop and become better at it, but there's still plenty of work for you to do. I love it when people bring me Bible studies. I've got a friend and they want to hear about the Bible. Can, can we set up a study and you teach it? You bet. I think what you're saying, Kyle, is the growth, everybody has a role, so we're not saying everybody's getting up and doing the same thing. But another key part of what God said to Moses is basically, it's kind of back to that same theme. I'm going to provide. In this case, it was through Aaron, but I'm with you. Don't worry about that. And the same is true when we're talking to others about the Word of God. Even the Apostle Paul prayed for boldness before he went out and talked to people, and we need to remember that. Kyle, do you have anything that might help people with these excuses? I mean, how do we... How do we deal with them? They, they come so easily. They come so easily and often when we try to avoid things, right? It's like most of the things that we do as humans is in search of avoiding pain. Uh, we pick up our phones to avoid the pain of boredom. Uh, we, we can't stand that, you know, can't stand being bored. We we avoid certain people and certain things to avoid that kind of pain. So um, we're never going to not have opportunity for excuses is, is kind of my point. It's, it's going to be so relevant throughout our lives. How, what do we do about it? The, the simplest answer is being able to acknowledge when we're making excuses. Because with Moses, we see a downward spiral where the first two excuses are somewhat understandable. Who am I and who are you? And it just goes downhill from there till chapter four and verse 13. Oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you will. He's basically saying, anyone else but me, I just don't want to do it. And that excuse is just very flimsy. Ultimately, we get to this conclusion of the story in chapter 4. It's one of those parts of the Bible, one of those stories that you'll kind of scratch your head at and say, why is this in here? But it helps us understand why is Moses making excuses? And it might help us understand why do we make excuses? It says in chapter 4 and verse 24 of Exodus that it came to pass on the way at the encampment, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. He had pushed God far enough where God says, that's it, I'm done with Moses, I'll find somebody else. Except Moses' wife steps in, and the problem was Moses had failed to circumcise his firstborn son. If he wasn't circumcising his firstborn son, it begs the question, how seriously did he take God? Was God really that important to him in the first place? And maybe that helps us with some reflection understand why we make excuses sometimes. Is God the most important thing in our lives? It's amazing that Moses, his effort waned on the smallest little things. That he could overlook something as, as essential and simple of a command given to Abraham. I think Moses honestly just got comfortable when he was 40 years old. He thought it's my turn and the people will just follow me, and they didn't. 
So for the next 40 years, he did nothing but tend sheep and start a family and, and live an incognito life. And I think he got comfortable and complacent in that life. My, my final thoughts are we can learn a lot about how to break this, this pattern of apathy if we can recognize that we're making excuses, that we're making excuses for not worshiping God, uh, making excuses for not being with the Lord's people on, on the Lord's day. We're making excuses for not prioritizing God and, and how we, we budget, not prioritizing God and what we do as a family, not prioritizing God and how we spend our time perhaps evangelizing. So Kyle, John, as we end, uh, what I heard you say, Kyle, was talking about focusing in on really God is with us. If we talk about Moses or Jeremiah, at the end of the day, that's really what this is all about, is remembering that he's with us and making excuses uh, fails to really focus in on our faith on him. I um, want to thank everyone for listening in today. And really, at the end of the day, we don't want to make excuses uh, as Christians. We want to focus on doing our best for him and also doing it by encouraging each other. So I hope this has been encouraging to you, and we'd love to see you listen in and join us in the next podcast. Thank you very much.